All right, here we go as we uh, start the show today. Thank you for being with us. Let me give you my toll, our toll mine, our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN. All right, so the battle over the motion to vacate uh, pushed forward by Matt Gates that now has had a number of preliminary votes and the House now debating in the lead up to a vote on whether to oust Speaker McCarthy. My sources are telling me it's just too close to call whether or not that's going to happen or not. What's been interesting to watch in the lead up to this is McCarthy did not have to hold this vote today. Uh, he could have talk to Democrats and and cut a deal with them. He said, that's not an option for me. And he's just letting it go. And uh, right now, there's a, a, a lot of angst and anger uh, among uh, the majority of Republicans against Matt Gates for doing this. Matt Gaetz, uh just got up to speak. Let's play this. Gentlemen from Oklahoma's time is reserved. Gentlemen from Florida. Mr. Speaker, my friend from Oklahoma says that my colleagues and I who don't support Kevin McCarthy would plunge the House and the country into chaos. Chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. The one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. I think $33 trillion in debt is chaos. I think that facing a $2.2 trillion annual deficit is chaos. I think that not passing single-subject spending bills is chaos. I think the fact that we have been governed in this country since the mid-90s by continuing resolution and omnibus is chaos. And the way to liberate ourselves from that is a series of reforms to this body that I would hope would outlast Speaker McCarthy's time here, would outlast my time here, and would outlast either of our majorities. Reforms that I have heard some of the most conservative members of this body fight for, and some of the reforms that we've been battling for that I've even heard those in the Democrat caucus say would be worthy and helpful to the House, like open amendments like understanding what the budget is. We have been out of compliance with budget laws for most of my life, most of many of your lives. And by the way, if we did those things, if we had single subject bills, if we had an understanding on the top line, if we had open amendments, if we had trust and honesty and understanding, there would be times when my conservative colleagues and I would lose, might be a few times when we'd win, There'd be times that we would form partnerships that might otherwise not be uh, really predictable in the American body politic, but the American people would see us legislating. These last few days, we've suspended the momentum that we had established the week earlier, where we were bringing bills to the floor, voting on them, staying late at night, working hard. That's what the American people expect. It's something Speaker McCarthy hasn't delivered, and that's why I've moved to vacate the chair. I reserve. Gentlemen's time is reserved. Gentlemen from Oklahoma. All right, let me uh, let me know when we have Jim Jordan uh, queued up. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have it now. He just spoke a second ago. Let's go right to that. Ohio is recognized for three minutes. I thank the gentleman for yielding. On January 3rd, we said the 118th Congress is about three things. Pass the bills that need passed, do the oversight work that needs to be done, and stop the inevitable omnibus that comes from the United States Senate right before the holidays. Kevin McCarthy has been rock solid on all three. We have passed the bills we told the American people we would pass. 
87,000 IRS agents, that bill, that bill passed. Parents' Bill of Rights, that bill passed. Energy legislation passed. Border security, immigration enforcement legislation, the strongest bill ever to pass the Congress, passed earlier this year. We have done what we told them we were going to do. We can't help but the Senate won't take up those good common sense bills. They'll have to answer to the American people come Election Day. Oversight. We have done the oversight that we're supposed to do. Because of our oversight, we know that parents were targeted by the Department of Justice. Because of our oversight, we know that 51 former intel officials misled the country weeks before the most important election we have. And because of our oversight, the Disinformation Governance Board at the Department of Homeland Security is gone. Because of our oversight, the memo attacking pro-life Catholics has been rescinded. Because of our oversight, unannounced visits to Americans' home by the Internal Revenue Service has stopped. That happened under Speaker McCarthy. And on the third one, on this side, of the, we know there's a big old ugly bill coming at the end of the year. All kinds of spending, all kinds of garbage in it. We're still in that fight. Frankly, to Matt's point, we don't know how that one's going to shake out. But we do know this. We do know this. On Saturday, we didn't take the Senate's bill. They tried to send over and shove it down our throats on Saturday. We didn't take that bill. And it was a tough position he was in. There were five options on the table last week. Option one was to send a long-term CR over there. That would have leveraged the 1% cut, something a bunch of us voted for, both parties. Couldn't get the votes for that one. Second option was to focus on the one issue the country now is completely focused on, the border issue. We couldn't get the votes for that one either. But when the Senate tried to send us that bill, he said no to it. I think the Speaker has kept his word. I know my colleagues and friends are saying different. I think he has kept his word on those three things that we talked about on January 3rd, frankly, that entire week. He has kept his word. I think we should keep him as Speaker. I yield back. All right, so... There's a lot of things that are going on here. So I'm, I'm literally texting with members right now that are on the on the House floor as we speak. Uh, and Chip Roy, who'll be with us at the top of the next hour. And Byron Donalds will be with us at the top of the next hour. Uh, he just wrote, I said, how does this end? He writes, it's going to be close. It is going to be close. And, um, you know, it's 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 hard to say. I, I just don't know. Now, the, a lot of people say, well, what happens if that happens? Um, I guess it's something we need to look at at this moment. But after these last ditch efforts, uh, anyway, Republicans now went forward with the idea. It's it's probably 50 50, maybe maybe more of a likelihood. McCarthy will be removed, according to, to some people with the dynamics, uh, some people speaking only on the condition of anonymity. So I'm not sure I would vote those people as a in, in the push McCarthy out category. Uh, a majority of Republicans have vowed to renominate McCarthy to the position, not allow the House to adjourn until he retakes the speakership. Uh, many pointing out that there's a united front within the GOP conference to prevent anyone else from winning the speakership but McCarthy, though they realize that if the anti-McCarthy Republicans never flip, they're going to have to rely on Democrats to determine the speaker. Democrats you know what? If I was them, I'd sit back and I'd enjoy the Adam Schiff show and I wouldn't lift a finger to help anybody. And that's what I would advise Republicans to do at the time. Uh, McCarthy himself, this is under House rules, was required to turn over to the House clerk what is a list of members that could temporarily serve as Speaker of the House if, in fact, he is ousted from power or if the office becomes vacant 
The list is secret. The power would allow a lawmaker of McCarthy's choosing to temporarily exercise the powers of the speakership. The rules do require that the speaker uh, pro tem uh, must be a current member of the House. By the way, you don't have to even be an elected member of Congress to be speaker. The speakership is more than just one of the most powerful posts in Congress. The House speaker is also the second in line to the presidency after the vice presidency. Uh, congressional rules uh, expert did point out that this temporary speaker could theoretically remain in power. The speaker pro tem could stay in the chair uh, is just one of the, the many possibilities that could unfold here. The name that I've heard most often, although he just got up and spoke in favor of Speaker McCarthy, was uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Congressman. No, M's, uh What's his name from? He's from Minnesota. Emmers uh, from Minnesota. Uh, anyway, so right now this is going to be close. According to the people, here's what the votes that we're looking at, you know, Crane, Rosenberg, Biggs, Gates, uh, good and Burchette hard. No unclear about Buck Mills and a few others. So, uh, it's going to be a close vote today, but I had to guess maybe they, they out oust them by one at this moment. Well, one of the things that's frustrating to me and, and I know Speaker Gingrich is furious about this. He actually on Tuesday called for House Republicans to expel Matt Gates. I, look, I don't think tit for tat is the answer to this either. And the idea that Republicans would turn on another Republican and, and try and use an ethics violation that probably had its own political motivations behind it is the answer either. Um, it, what's frustrating is on the one hand, Gates starts out with the proposition that is dead on accurate. There was a promise to do appropriations bills. They didn't get them all done on time. And they shouldn't have taken the August recess as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, frankly, the more time these people are out of Washington, I think the better off most of us are. But the 12 appropriations bill, you know, the, the, the beauty, if there's any good to take out of the 45-day extension CR, which was a, the worst CR of the three that were brought up, um, the, the beauty is they can get all 12 appropriations done and complete and and therein satisfy what people that have been anti-McCarthy have been saying that they want. Um, you know, I've been listening to some of these guys and they've been even critical of Jordan and, and James Comer. And I'm like, well, that's really not warranted considering all that they've been able to discover uh, and expose uh, under very difficult circumstances because nobody in the Biden White House has been cooperative in any way, shape, manner, or form. Uh, but Gingrich is even saying that the Republicans could expel Gates. That's not an option either. They don't have the margins to do it. One of the reasons we're in this position is because the margin of the Republican majority is that small. But I will tell you, at the end of the day, if they are seen as a party you know, that can't get their act together, that's not going to end well for them or for anybody uh, and, and certainly not heading into an election year where all of them are up for re-election. So anyway, the, what, what's, what's going to be interesting to watch here is it, whether, in fact, the Republicans, you know, what, what they do here first and foremost. But what, what's frustrating to me is there were two opportunities, two, for the Republicans to really get their act together and, and get and have a, con a continuing resolution that meant something. And, and this is what Chip Roy and Byron Donalds, and they'll join us again at the top of the next hour, 
were very successful in putting together and threading a needle and, and doing a great job. The first one was an 8% cut in spending across the board with three exceptions, defense, homeland security, and veterans. 8% cut for 30 days to give time to finish the appropriations process to me was a good deal. It was, you know, the Gates flank that decided they didn't want to go along with that. I thought that was a good deal. And by the way, th that, they were all Freedom Caucus guys. Scott Perry, Byron Donalds, Chip Roy. These are solid, solid conservatives. Uh, the second one, they actually were going to cut a whopping, you know, 30% in spending. I mean, which is a, a massive amount of money. I have the exact uh, specifications here on, on what it is that they put forward. And, and I thought it worked. One, it would increase spending for the Department of Defense plus $28 billion in line with the debt deal. It would inc include funding for veterans and increase that $2.5 billion uh, and the Department of Homeland Security. But it also would have combined with H.R. 2. H.R. 2 is the Republican bill which would be the giant step that would end Biden's open borders policies. And the two main goals that Republicans should be having as a result of, of this opportunity where they would otherwise have leverage if they stuck together is to fight for, demand, and not back down on the issue of fiscal responsibility, drastic cuts, getting rid of the, the, this previous you know, uh, financial deal that was made this omnibus deal that was made with Schumer and McConnell uh, back in December and, and change that up front. That, that would be the number one goal. The second goal has got to be to close our borders. And if they would pull that off, they'd be doing the country a great service and fulfilling their own campaign promises. But we'll see. Anyway, the debate is underway. Not sure how long that'll last. We'll follow it all throughout the afternoon. Full, complete coverage of all of this. Uh, we've got updates on what's going on. Where do you hear with this judge uh, in this Trump case, actually had to say in a speech at Queensborough College just a few years ago. First, I want to remind you that if you have a company that is willing to upgrade your service uh, dramatically and not charge you a penny for it, uh, how rare is that in this day and age? Because that is the current uh, situation with Pure Talk customers. They just got a massive upgrade and they're not paying a penny more. And that includes a massive amount of new data added to every single plan and mobile hotspot added to every single plan. No price increase at all. Remember, Pure Talk, they use the same cell towers, the same 5G network as all the big carriers, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. Right now, they're offering this phenomenal deal, 20 bucks a month. You get unlimited text, unlimited talk, 50% more 5G data, and mobile hotspot free. That's right. They just added that. Anyway, just 20 bucks a month. Uh, average family saving for the exact same service, close to $1,000 a year. Real money in tough economic times. Just dial pound 250, say the keyword save now. Make the switch to Pure Talk. They make it fast, simple, and easy. Pound 250, keyword save now. Switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today.